Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him. And when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you where, whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Be seated. A Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and he was moved with pity. Grace, peace, and love from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we have just heard one of the greatest stories and parables in the Bible, the story of the Good Samaritan. And what we should point out immediately in this story it's important for us to realize that the wounded man on the side of the road is God. In the story, we also hear the command that we must love God. The commandment tells us to love God. It tells us to hear that God is saying, love me, love me. God is saying that because he loves you and me so much, and God wants to be reciprocated. Have you ever been in a relationship where only one person is in love and the other isn't? Hmm. It's a tragic, unfulfilling relationship for both sides. And as you know, it is almost an immediate reaction when someone says, I love you, to respond, well, I love you too. But imagine a relationship where one says, I love you, and gets nothing in return. How would that person feel? You all know what I'm talking about. It's tragic and it's isolating. I believe that there is no doubt that God wants to be loved. It is the greatest commandment 
that you hear in the gospel today, God commands us to love him. And you know, God doesn't ask us anything that we cannot do. God is not ridiculous. He doesn't ask for absurd things. If God commands us to do something, he knows that we can do it. He doesn't say to me, for instance, you must make yourself 40 years old. And I would have to ask God, why do you want me to be older than I already am? God doesn't ask us to grow more hair or to get rid of that bald spot or for the short to be tall and the tall to be short. Come on, God, we know that's not fair. No. God knows this. He can only ask for what we can give and he wants us to love him. He commands us to love him. And his command is very specific. We are to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind. And while we're at it, to love our neighbors as ourselves. To love our neighbors as much as we love us. To love unequivocally. And if you don't understand that, my brothers and sisters, then you'll never understand this gospel. You'll never understand the story of the Good Samaritan. So to the lesson in the gospel, you know, I find that it might be somewhat derogatory or off-putting that this gospel begins with just a lawyer, just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. We might in response say, uh-oh, a lawyer. Once the lawyers get involved, That'll mess everything up. But I don't believe we should read it that way. Let me tell you, it's still a common practice to teach in a dialectic. Dialectic is a word from the Greek that means logic. But it was and still is a style of teaching. It is a probing, testing dialogue between teacher and student. It is a challenging dialogue and not one to be presented as being contrary to anyone, including lawyers. In fact, while he stood up to challenge Jesus, the lawyer respected him. He addresses him as teacher. And so the dialectic begins. The lawyer asks the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? <coughs> Jesus asks a question, what is written in the law? The lawyer answers the question, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Then Jesus answers, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Then the lawyer furthering the dialectic asks, who is my neighbor? Now the teacher, now Jesus sees where this is going. I believe he respects the lawyer who comes forth with good questions, who is challenging the teacher, a style that would resemble a Greek salon meeting. Jesus realizes that this is a teaching moment, so he responds in this way. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. That statement puts us in the context that the man coming down from Jerusalem 
as one who must be a Jew. A Jew is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. The man fell upon robbers who robbed him and left him, took even his clothes and left him for dead. Along comes two people who the lawyer would view as sympathetic to the Jews. A priest from the temple sees the man but passes him by. Then a Levite, a temple assistant, comes next and passes him by. So two Jews and then a Samaritan, the most hated by the Jews. To the Jews, they are apostates, essentially, who even have a difficult and different temple mount, who when Jesus was in Samaria and sat at the well and began talking to the woman, the woman wondered, why is this Jew talking to me? You hate us. But it is the Samaritan who helps the man at the side of the road, brings him to an inn and pays for his lodging, and then said to the innkeeper, on my return, I will settle up this money, what this money doesn't cover. And in a way, Jesus is setting the lawyer up, because in the lawyer's mind, there's no such thing as a good Samaritan. It's an oxymoron. But my brothers and sisters, the priest and the Levite asked themselves, if I stop, if I stop, what could happen to me? The priest and the Levite asked themselves, if I stop, what could happen to me? But my brothers and sisters, the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? What could happen to him? This is the answer to who is my neighbor. And I think we can relate. Sometimes we think we know who our friends are, who our neighbors are. Have you ever been shocked to discover when you were in trouble who it was that never called you? But the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? You know, the person who you thought would be there for you in thick and thin looks at your predicament and crosses over and does not even acknowledge your trouble. But the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? Or how about the person who sees you are obviously in dire straits and says to you, if you need anything, call me. like you have to spell it out. They just pass by on the other side. None of the help in this story came from someone that you thought was your neighbor. But the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? And it is most appropriate that this lesson go to a lawyer, one who is experienced in putting people on trial, because that is what we all do. We just don't love our neighbors outright. We have to put them on trial first to find out if they are worthy of our love. We limit our love to likeness. But the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? 
My brothers and sisters, if you want to be like Jesus, we've got to love like Jesus. We cannot put our neighbors on trial before we love them. It doesn't matter how they think or how they vote or how they look or how they dress. You are my neighbor. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care what your ethnicity is. I don't care what your social status is. And I don't care what your religion is. And you might have heard me say, some religion is better than no religion at all. But I love you because of you, not who you are. And the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? I love God because God is. And like you, we try to obey God's command to love God and love our neighbor. And here is a way of driving this home. It is essentially loving unequivocally. No criteria is necessary. If a child asked you, Mom, Dad, what do I have to do to be your child? The answer? Nothing. You don't have to do anything to be my child. The child is your child, period. But let's put it in the context today of loving your neighbor. There are times when we say to our children, if you go ahead and do that, I won't have anything to do with you. Don't come running to me. I've had it with you and your shenanigans. If you do it again, I'm done with you. I'm not going to help you. Don't call me. Mm -mm. I'm not going to give you any more money. If you walk out that door, you're on your own. And the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? And because you love your children, you love them, love will make you change your mind. Love will make you go back on your word. Love will make you go the extra mile. Love will make you apologize even when you know you were right. Love will make you feed someone if they cuss you out. Love will make you swallow your pride and you make that call to your child even though it makes you look like the weaker one. Love, my brothers and sisters, will find a way. Love your neighbor with the same love as you would for your child. It is the same for a neighbor. And the Samaritan asks, if I don't stop, what could happen to him? Love God. Love your neighbor with a love that God has for you. Don't put people on trial to decide if they are worthy of your love. Remember, it was not the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was love. My brothers and sisters, know that God loves you, and so do I. Amen.